0: Hello, welcome to The Cutting Room, the movie show from all the right movies. I'm John, and I'm here with a couple of wise guys. That's Westy No-Nos. Hey! No-Nos, like... (laughs) And Matty Two-Times. Hello, good to be here, good to be here. (laughs) Very good. (laughs) This episode, as you can probably guess, we're getting into one of the biggest director's biggest films as we talk Martin Scorsese and his gangster epic, Goodfellas. Mm -hmm. Before we do that, though, just to let everybody know that All The Right Movies is a YouTube channel, and what you're listening to now is the audio podcast version of the latest episode of our YouTube show called The Cutting Room. The original video version along with many other episodes and videos is available on youtube so please head over to our channel to watch and subscribe we actually started out as a podcast and you can access our full archive of over 120 podcast episodes on our website alltherightmovies.com or by signing up to become an all the right movies patron at patreon.com forward slash all the right movies patrons also gain access to loads of other benefits as well Including an exclusive video episode of The Cutting Room every month, chosen by and created specifically for our patrons. So, as you can see, there's loads from all the right movies to keep you busy, so please check out YouTube and Patreon. But for now, it's back to the film. Westy, this was your choice. It was. Not a surprise, really. You've been breaking balls for decades.
1: You just gotta stop busting balls.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm busting, I'm gonna get your fucking shine (laughs) bugs. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so, why Goodfellas then?
2: Oh, I want to be very favourite. It's long, but it's not boring. It's complicated, but it's not confusing. I loved when I get the opportunity to watch this from start to finish, because it's one of them films that I, it's just on. Like, if I'm doing the dishes or something, I'll put Goodfellas on, because it's never disappointing <laughs> any, in any stretch of it. But when I get a chance to actually sit and absorb it from start to finish, I can't believe how good it is. <laughs> It's just, it's, yeah. there's not a part of it that I don't like, not a second of it I don't like, not an inch of it I find boring. I think it's an absolute masterpiece of cinema and an absolute masterpiece of filmmaking. It's Scorsese's best for me, so yeah, why not talk about it?
0: Lovely. Nearly a couple of the mast immediately there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know what's coming. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, we were always going to get here at some point, surely. Yeah, we've got Scorsese one of his most beloved films big names in the cast big names in the crew big names on the soundtrack based Huge. on a bonkers real life story we owned
1: a city I mean we were princes of the city we were no matter where the fuck we went
0: and Goodfellas they make bloody good frozen pizzas as well <laughs> <laughs>
2: Chicago <laughs> Townford <Bay>. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <The> Chicago <laughs> also good yeah also good at half two in the morning <laughs> 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 when you shadow boxing in the mirror <laughs>
0: And we're going to talk about all that stuff, Mm -hmm. maybe not the pizzas, or maybe, who knows? Maybe, you never know. (laughs) But yeah, the question I think is, why wouldn't we talk about Goodfellas? Yeah. So, here we are. Yeah. And Matt, Goodfellas... Yep. You're a pepperoni man, right? I
1: oh, love a bit of pepperoni. Anchovy as well. You, know. <laughs>
0: oh. you put anchovies on this thing and you're in big trouble, okay? You're
1: the only person <laughs> who's ever said that. <laughs> Probably only... In the pizza oven right. head
2: first for you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, good fellas. Well, look, no one's going to argue Scorsese isn't a legend. One of the two masters of American cinema. And this is his gateway film if someone came mm-hmm. up and they said, never seen the Scorsese film, but I've heard about yeah. it. Yeah. This is what I'd pick. Absolutely. I mean, as brilliant as they are, I wouldn't pick Taxi Driver or Agent Bull because I don't want to terrify them. <laughs> so I'm not saying it's his absolute best. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but it's the one you start with because it's so easy to watch.
0: <laughs> okay then, make that coffee to go because it's good fellas. And it's a matter of respect. Coming entangled with the mob in 1950s New York, Henry Hill lives his life as a wise guy and climbs the ranks. Starting as a lifestyle of luxury, wealth and respect, Henry's life spirals out of control through cycles of violence, jail time and drug addiction. Better than living your life as a schnuck though, surely. <laughs> Absolutely, he wants to do that. <laughs> Released in 1990, Goodfellas was directed by Martin Scorsese, written by Scorsese and Nicholas Pileggi, produced by Warner Brothers, and stars Ray Liotta as Henry, Robert De Niro as Jimmy Conway, Joe Pesci as Tommy DeVito, and Lorraine Bracco as Karen Hill. Yeah. What a cast. So, as we always do, we're going to be talking in some detail about the direction, the writing, the cast, our own highlights, and then we'll give Goodfellas a rating out of 10. Mm-hmm. Okay. So first, it's the director and what a director, yeah. it's Scorsese. Martin Marty Scorsese, one of the most acclaimed Hollywood filmmakers and prior to Goodfellas he'd made some of the great films of the 1970s and the 1980s. Mm-hmm. you great. We're talking 90s Scorsese though, so question for you Matt. <laughs> Do you think
1: you are Frankie Valley or some kind of big shot? I wish. Do we all? So do I. Scorsese here, it just feels so effortless. Like, he could have made this harsh and gritty like Main Streets, but he doesn't. And it's very deliberate because everything in this film looks and feels really cool because it's about seduction, it's about Henry being seduced into the lifestyle and the audience getting seduced along with them so all the songs are upbeat with about having a good time they make you want to dance all designed to make you go this is cool this this is just really yeah. this is this is a ride like we are designed to enjoy pace and this is pace like an absolute rocket but the thing about scorsese like whenever he gets criticized for being violent i think yeah but He's also very famously Catholic. Quick, you have to cover that cross. Indy, you understand yeah. morality and right from wrong. And more than that, you understand that for good fellows to work, he's got to make that lifestyle too seductive as us, as it is for Henry. So throughout, you get this really interesting tension where Scorsese has shown us this lifestyle that looks so fun. Hanging out with your mates every night, drinks, women hanging off your arm, loads of money, but it all comes at a cost. And underneath it all is that nagging sense. This is wrong. Now take me to jail. I think you have to be sincere in both those beliefs and that's why it works. And that's why so many imitations of this film don't work. (laughs) Because they don't understand how complex that morality is of the lifestyle and the consequences in the way that Scorsese does. And I think that's why so many people love this film. And I also think that's why they do get so annoyed that, like, back when it came out at the Oscars, Scorsese didn't win Best Director, and Kevin Costner did for um, Dances with Wolves instead. That's right, yeah. Uh, yeah, he
0: did. Kevin
1: Costner, Dances with Wolves.
0: Yeah, I mean, Scorsese bringing this A-game, losing out to Kevin Costner for Best Director is yeah. madness. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Costner's debut as well. Yeah, straight <laughs> in. I am mean, even earning the strikes. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is one of Scorsese's most acclaimed films, critically. It's one of his most popular films, generally. And to me, it's the definitive Scorsese film, Mm -hmm. for a few reasons. Obviously, there's a subject matter, Gangland, New York. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. There's the major collaborators, De Niro, Pesci, editor Thelma Schoonmaker, director of photography, Michael Ballhaus, themes of violence and masculinity. Oh, no. Huge soundtrack, of 50s, 60s, and 70s pop songs. All that is classic Scorsese. Mm. But also, this is the one where Scorsese throws everything he's got at the screen. Yeah. He unleashes like his full creative arsenal on us, so we get freeze frames. We get voiceover narration.
2: You know why? It was out of respect.
0: We get tracking shots, we get creeping POVs, there's focus pulls, we get dolly zooms, there's jump cuts, characters break the fourth wall.
1: And now it's all over. We get Hawks back
0: to old Hollywood, where scores he takes shots directly from his influences. He yeah. goes even further back than old Hollywood at one point. And the result is a period piece that pulls you into the world that's presenting as effectively as any other film set in a specific time period I've ever seen. As good as any other Scorsese film for me, his definitive film, like I say. And when you see footage of him on the set as well, he was having a wonderful time making it.
2: Yeah, his he's having a great time. <laughs> having is... a great time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, good, good. We jokes <laughs> <laughs>
0: and Westy Scorsese for you.
2: Yeah, like I said, this is my like Scorsese film. Like you, yeah, like, you've both said it is definitive masterpiece, and I think it's because he brings all of his influences to it, especially the fact that he grew up literally little in New York. His mm-hmm. best friend was the son of a mob boss. He couldn't play outside because he had he had bad asthma, so yeah. he had to stay inside, and just watch films, and watch films, and watch films. I think it's fantastic. He brings such a pace to this and such an energy. <laughs> I know Jules and Jim was a massive influence on this. It yeah. was like a French film from 1962. If you watch that, the pace and the energy in that film, right. the freeze frames is in there, the voiceovers are in there. He's bringing French cinema to Hollywood in 1990. Yeah. It's just absolutely outrageous. And he knows what he's doing, and he's so confident in what he's doing. I mean, he tied Liotta's tie yeah, just to, like, to, to get it right, you know? And even like... It's just to that level of detail, is fantastic. Yeah.
0: Those colours that Henry wears are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> you can't yeah. even see yeah. the tie. Yeah. I know, it's brilliant.
2: But uh, it was his mum and dad, Scorsese's mum and dad are actually in the film. Yeah, but offset, awesome. they were doing the ironing, they were pressing the collars, <laughs> yeah. which is fantastic. And actually, some real life mobsters were actually hired as extras mm-hmm. on some scenes which, again, just adds the authenticity of it.
0: It does, yeah. Apparently, the mobsters gave Warner Brothers fake social security numbers and no one, <laughs> and no one knows how they actually received their paychecks. Fucking brilliant. It's because just that, yeah. just flicking 20s at yeah. them. Yeah. Absolute chances, these wise guys. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, this, this isn't observation. This is, like I said, he's lived it yeah. and he knows it and he's letting us see it mm. from his point yeah. of view. And what a point of view to see it from.
0: Well, Scorsese became interested in doing Goodfellas when he read Wise Guy, a non fiction novel by Nicholas Pelegi, and he wanted to adapt mm-hmm. it. We've got more on that later, but originally Scorsese was told that he shouldn't make Goodfellas by a Hollywood legend. Okay. You know who that was? Uh, Marlon Brando. Marlon Brando. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, he tried to persuade Scorsese not to make Goodfellas and said that he'd just be repeating his work on Mean Streets and Raging Bull. How wrong he was? Uh, yeah. No, yeah. What's it got to do with him?
2: Yeah. Exactly, exactly. He's a fucking bum. He could have been a contender. What's he on about? It could have
0: been somebody. And Scorsese should have said, I don't think you should do Island Dr. Moreau, but you still will. Look at him.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely acknowledged as a classic now, but at the time, yeah. the studio actually quite worried about it because they had really bad test screenings. that had one in California where they had 70 walkouts because of the violence in the okay. film. And then another yeah. one, the film team that had a hide in a bowling alley because there was an angry mob after them.
0: <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Walk out in the first five minutes once he stabs him, probably.
0: Yes. Yeah, apparently the first screening score says he went to, We picked up a comment card at the end, and all it said was... Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a compliment, Go get it? your shine box. Yeah, <laughs>
1: yeah. go get your fucking shine box. Yeah. And yeah. In, in the uh, preview response as well from Warner Brothers, it was the lowest scoring they'd ever had, and Scorsese just said, you know what? The numbers were so low, it was actually funny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, but the studio thought it was
0: hilarious. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and actually, we're calling Scorsese the director of Goodfellas, but there was one sequence he didn't direct at all. All right. You know which sequence I'm in? Mean? No?
2: Um, I do. Is it the Maurice Hair advert?
0: Alright. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maurice wigs, don't come
2: off! Even underwater. That was the first thing that was ever shot. That set the pinnacle for good for <laughs> Yeah, <that.
0: I> did. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, the Morris Riggs TV commercial. Scorsese was inspired by a really low-budget TV ad he saw for a window-fitting company. So <laughs> yeah. he rang the company and spoke to the owner, a guy called Stephen Packer. Homeowners, stop
2: throwing money out old windows. Put that money back in your home with new Alco windows.
0: And Scorsese asked who did the ad, and Packer said, I did, I wrote it and shot it <laughs> myself. <laughs> Fucking so he commissioned Stephen Pagger to write, direct and edit the Maurice Wigs TV ad, That's which amazing, is why man. it looks so authentic.
2: It, it, it <laughs> looks fucking excellent. Yeah. I love it, mate. <laughs> it's like it survives hurricane winds yeah. and the last like the kissy's cheek. Maury's Wigs are tested against hurricane
0: winds.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Jumping in the swimming pool backwards with a money. Oh, it's it's so
0: good. It's brilliant. Maury's wigs don't come off unless you're being throttled by Jimmy Conway with a telephone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> Got to talk, though, about famous Corporate Shots because, you know, it's so integral oh, to the film, following Henry and Karen through the balls, the Copa Cabana. But it was hmm. so precisely choreographed, it had 400 timing moments that they had to hit. Bloody hell. And actually, it didn't take them that long. They only needed eight takes, and Scorsese has gone a record said, well, this is the point where it signifies Henry and Karen being seduced into the lifestyle. Wow. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Every yeah. time you two... That's the bit... <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> it's so, that's a bit.
1: That's great. It's
2: great. Like, it's brilliant. It's the whole film, basically. It is the mob. It's like you go in the yeah. back door and you find the workings of it and it's glitz and glamour on top of it.
0: Also, have you noticed that Henry and Karen walk through the kitchen door and after that, they turn left, then basically walk around in a full circle and come out the same door they went in? No, no. No, I didn't notice. It's no. like the shine. Yeah, like shine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And had too many lines, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Could have got it in six
2: shots if it hadn't put that in there. <laughs> yeah. But right at the end of that shot, when they're in the seats, the camera pans from Henry to Karen to the stage, where we see a comedian called Henry Youngman. Henry Youngman. Just before the camera pans, Henry points to the stage there was actually a cue for Larry McConkie, the camera operator, because Henry Youngman was an old guy with great gags, by the way.
1: (laughs) Take my wife, please. (laughs) Try the kitchen.
2: Yeah, and he would miss his cue on a few of them. I think that's probably, imagine getting to that level of it. You've done it six times and he misses his cue. Bless him, he must have felt like dog shit. And it's a beautiful moment in the film when you know that. And he kind of goes, that's you.
0: Yeah. Ah, yeah, But it's like he knows
2: him, but it's almost like he knows him as well. So it really works for the scene. So yeah, it's great.
0: Yeah. It's not in the book either, the Korba scene. Well, it is, but it's literally just a few lines. And Scorsese turned those three lines into this incredible two-minute tracking shot.
1: Mm. Right. Some director. Oh, yeah. That's what he's doing. Ridiculous.
0: Also, obviously, we can't not talk about the music. Yeah. No. Goodfellas is scored entirely by killer pop songs. Yeah. And I know that in choosing the song, Scorsese set himself two rules. First, the words of the song have to describe the scene. and second the song had to be released at or before the time the scene was set so it feels authentic and i mean sunshine of your love by cream as jimmy's contemplating murder that riff is a monster Yeah, Yeah, it is absolutely massive.
2: I didn't think you could make that song any better, but he does. Yeah,
0: Yeah. he
2: makes every song better by putting it in one of his films. It's just like, wow, this is. I like the Who now, the live (laughs) version. Why?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's amazing. Obviously, Leila as well. That montage when the body saw turned up—that's incredible. But what Scott says he did was he played that song on set so the camera operators could move in sync with the music, which. Yeah, I mean, you can tell because
2: they're all slow pushes yeah, aren't they yeah, they're yeah, all like real. the
1: reveal yeah, and yeah. he
2: wants that reveal to come in at the right time it's that piano coder I always forget that's on Leila as well and I'm listening to Leila and then that bit kicks in I'm yeah. like
0: is this a good fella soundtrack <laughs> 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 the only track that I don't like is Sid Vicious version of My Way Oh, but he couldn't
2: get it, though, could he? Uh, yeah, he right.
0: wanted the Sonata version, obviously. He couldn't get it, yeah, so for some yeah. reason decided to use one of music's most loathsome characters <laughs> instead. That's a bit uh, of a misstep, to be honest yeah. for me. But Scorsese's direction throws everything he has at Goodfellas, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. And he's our best director for that year. Yes, oh, yes. absolutely.
2: For 1990, yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt, it's a buffet and you want to eat everything yeah. twice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we're at the end of part one. That's far from it, though. Check out the rest of the episode where we'll be talking about Goodfellas in even more detail by analysing the writing, the main cast, our highlights from the movie, and giving our final ratings out of 10 for the film. Yeah. So we'll see you there.
1: See you there. Yep.
2: Bring your fucking shine, boss.
0: Hello and welcome back to the Cutting Room. We're still John, Westie, and Matt. Matty two times. think so. Mm. Matty two times. Yeah. Still here, still here. <laughs> <laughs> I've still got no nose, by the way. And this is part two of our Goodfellas analysis. You mm-hmm. can get part one here, if you've not seen it yet, where we talk about what the film means to us and the director. And in this part, we're getting into the writing of the film and the cast, aren't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, we are. So let's get into it then. Next up, okay, the writing. Goodfellas was co-written by Martin Scorsese and Nicholas Pileggi. Scorsese's third writing credit after Who's That Knocking at My Door and Mean Streets, and it was Nicholas Pileggi's debut as a screenwriter. So, how did they do? as a writing team, Wesley?
2: Based on the past experience. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just so, so good. There's an authenticity to this and a realistic feel to the dialogue. Yeah. We always called each other good fellas. Like you'd say to somebody, he's a good fella, he's one of us. This could be done without any dialogue whatsoever. This could be a silent film and you'd still kind of get it. Yeah. But I think a lot of it, because it, a lot of it was improvised by the characters, and a lot of it was, that was championed by Scorsese. And one of the, the scenes that stands out to me was when Sonny Buns talks to Paulie, oh, yeah. And he's, he's just he's complaining about Tommy. He's just like, well, yeah, I know what the
0: fuck. <laughs> Tommy taking over this fucking joint is like putting a silk hat on a, on a pig. said like, just add more, <laughs>
2: add more, add more, add more. And Paulie's just like... Uh, what am I going to do? What,
0: what, what do you want from me?
2: It's just brilliant. It's just beautifully done. It's so, so good. And, like, the voiceover is incredibly written. Mm-hmm. Even just, like, there's some lines where the sign-off lines that I call them so just so so good. If they had been wise guys, I wouldn't have heard a thing. Would have been dead. (laughs) It's just so good and so rich and so compelling and brilliant. I mean, fuck, three hundred and twenty-one times, an average of two times per minute. And Pesci says, Pesci says half of them.
1: Fuck you, pay me. Fuck you, pay me. Fuck you, pay me. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Love the dialogue. It's fucking great. (laughs) It was a record at the time, I think, wasn't it? It was. Uh, Yeah, yeah. 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 Wolf of Wall Street brought it. I think Wolf of Wall Street's number three now.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, considering how inexperienced Scorsese and Pelleggi were as screenwriters, I think they do an astonishing job.
2: Yeah, unbelievable. And
0: what I'm going to talk about is the script as a book-to-movie adaptation. So the novel Wise Guy is a pretty big, sprawling book that covers 25 years of the real Henry Hill's life. And what's surprising is just how faithful an adaptation the film is. Aside from one major sequence... Funny how. ...everything that happens in the film is in the book and it's almost always almost exactly like it's described in the book. Even smaller moments like Henry blowing up the rival cab stand to put them out of business. Or Tuddy threatening the mailman when he says Fucking oven, you're gonna go ahead first, <laughs> which is hilarious. Yeah. You <laughs> love
2: that bit,
1: like your <laughs> You're
0: on the
2: group when you're watching love it. it. <laughs> love that bit. <laughs> <your head> off. <laughs> Scorsese does that though, as well, because Shutter Island's really, really to the letter. Yeah, it is, right. So if you read the novel. right, right.
0: And Henry's narration, it's amazing just how much of that's taken directly from words spoken by the real Henry when Nicholas Pileggi interviewed him for the book. And what Scorsese and Pileggi do a great job with is understanding it's not just about putting the biggest moment from the book on the screen, it's obviously about telling a story. There's one yeah. storyline in the novel, the 70s scandal where they paid players of the Boston College basketball team to shave points. It's the biggest yes. scheme Henry was involved with after Lufthansa, mm-hmm. and it's dropped from the film entirely, which was the right choice because it would have unbalanced Doesn't things.
2: Doesn't Mori mention that at some point? He says one line about it, yeah. Do you know about the points we
0: were shaving up Boston? Yeah, that's a reference to that, but it's not in the film in that, terms of a right, story, right. yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, he does mention it, yeah, yeah, got you. But
0: an extraordinary source novel, and Scorsese and Nicholas Pelleggi do a very good job in reining the whole thing in to form a two-hour, 26-minute movie. fantastic Mm.
1: yeah yeah Yeah. and matt how's the writing for you i think it's incredible um and what stands out for me is is that authenticity (laughs) of it because this is something you can feel the depth of research and the amount of knowledge that's in there and you get it in so many scenes like one of my very favorite scenes is when Henry introduces us to all those gangsters in the Bamboo Lounge because those names <laughs> no, are is. outrageously good. <laughs> Frankie Coburn starts off pretty normal, but then you got Fat Andy, Freddie no Nose, Nicky Eyes, Jimmy Two-Times.
0: I'm going to go get the papers, get the papers. Uh.
1: They're so good, those names, they feel like there should be a parody of themselves, but they're not. Each name had a score, Yeah. Yeah, I track that, yeah. I believe that guy. Yeah. That's, that's totally in him. And it's the same in the wedding scene where Karen gets her voice over and she can't believe how many Peters and Pauls there are in Paulie's family, It's was really funny. And how they're all married to Marie's. It was unbelievable. I want you to meet Paulie Jr., my nephew. And this is Petey. And that's just such a cool little detail to get in there. Which <laughs> and con- Paulie gets mixed up he's as well. He's he's saying, this is yeah. big, no, it's Paulie. Yeah. I can't yeah. give that <laughs> It's, <laughs> it's no, too great. many. In A contrast So Well, that scene later on where she's talking about the wives, how they've all got bad skin and too much makeup, again, just something yeah. you wouldn't think about, but it's in there. But lastly, it's that obsession with food. Like, when they go to prison, practically the first thing they do is set up a kitchen with lobster, <laughs> red wine, so they can make proper sauce. And, and poorly stiff for slice of garlic, that is unreal. Like, everyone who's seen Goodfellas now slices their garlic that way i guarantee you, <laughs> i
2: use that all the time <laughs> yeah.
1: so the food is so important i have to say as any food in cinema looked as appetizing as those sausages paulie is frying up at the end when oh, henry goes oh, to see oh. <laughs> they look it's when they bring the
2: meatballs over yeah. as well and when they went oh it's I haven't even seen Scorsese's mum's spaghetti, but I wanted it. <laughs> <laughs> How much ketchup does he yeah. put on? <laughs> <and he's> like, <laughs> he loves it. Yeah. You know, it's delicious. This is delicious. <laughs> <It> is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, right, it, it's just brilliant, but it's all about those small details. I mean, that really brings it to life. Absolutely.
2: So, Goodfellas is based on Wise Guy by Nicholas Pellegi, which you said there, John, which was published in 1985. So, what Scorsese liked is that it wasn't all about the made men, it was about the people at the lower levels, Mm. which I think is really obvious. And Scorsese called Pellegi as soon as he'd finished the book and said, I've been waiting for this book my entire life. And Pelleggi said, I've been waiting for this phone call my entire life. And (laughs) I think that's
0: just one of the nicest back and forth I've ever heard in (laughs) my fucking life. I love that. Yeah. I mean, it's no wonder Scorsese wanted to adopt it Henry Hill lived a life so extraordinary that it required next to no embellishment to turn it into a Hollywood film yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: yeah. See, he's gonna give you half a million dollars I say okay a fucking payday you know I mean,
1: seriously, I have a fucking mind. And I know Wesley's already mentioned the improv, but there were some other bits I really stand out from me to also improvise. So the dinner scene, Tommy's Mother's House, that was almost entirely improvised. And obviously, that's yeah. Catherine Scorsese playing Tommy's Mother. Yeah. So Scorsese yeah. just said, her, Look, your son and his friends are coming for dinner and you want to cook for them. That's your scene.
0: Get yourself a girl so you could
2: settle down. That's I, I settle down almost every night, but then in the morning I'm free. I love you. I want
0: to be with you. I want to be with you. That painting that Tommy's mother gets out. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that so much. It I want looks that painting. It's like a up. guy we know. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's him without the being Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah.
0: It was actually in real life painted by Nicholas Pileggi's mother.
2: Oh, oh really? Right. Okay. Yeah. Was it based on a National Geographic? That's right, yeah, picture? that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. One dog yeah. goes one, one win, way, one that dog goes go go go. the other way. <laughs> <laughs> I love
2: it. <laughs> it's like it's beautiful. Look at the dogs, beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it's like picking See
0: what you see, Tommy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's brilliant. absolutely, brilliant. absolutely
1: love it. Um, so another one is Tommy shooting spider. That was all improvised, but from one line. Fuck you know that. The only scripted line is when spider says, "Why
0: don't you go fuck yourself, Tommy?"
1: Yeah, which is obvious, yeah. The one line he shouldn't have said. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah, I bet he didn't want to, <laughs> He's looking at the script he's like, everything else is class-off, oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love De Niro's reaction. He's said, like, whoa, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey,
2: this is for you. Don't take shit off yeah, anyone. Yeah. But I, I feel like it's De Niro who eggs him on. He's like, you're going to get let him get away with this." Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he, he does. He, 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 yeah. he kind of got away with it, really. He just sitting there
1: silently fuming. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, furious. Um, and then another improv one where um, Paulie confronts Henry when Henry's come out of prison. That yeah. slap, that was improvised that means- by Sorvino, and that's why Leon looks like really quite surprised yeah, by know. it. Was Nick's pregnant? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, apparently
0: what Scorsese would do was encourage the actors to improvise and then take the he liked and put it back into the script for the next day. Right, yeah. Right, right. Also, Paulie, do you think he looks like Baron Greenback from Danger Mouse?
2: Soon their prime minister will be a gibbering buffoon. <laughs>
0: Never see them in the same room, do
2: you? <laughs> oh, God, what a fucking reference. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ, Baron Greenback from Danger Mouse. Haven't thought about him for a good <laughs> 35 years.
0: <laughs> the screenplay for Goodfellas may have been a first time collaboration between Scorsese and Nicholas Pileggi, but doesn't feel like it, I don't think. No. no not at all. No. It
2: feels like they've been writing together for about yeah, 20 years. Yeah, it really does.
0: There's a big wider cast in Goodfellas and a pretty big main cast too. Mm-hmm. Mm. We're talking about the main players now and picking one each to talk about. So, who are you going for, Wesley? Well, I
2: got in there first, so I'm doing the big man, Leon. <laughs> Lovely. Um, who is absolutely amazing in this. I can't Im- imagine anyone else playing it. I know a few people were approached, but I'm so pleased that he got it. I know casting was over a year wow. with several auditions. With, says Scorsese just trying to make sure he's getting the right role. And he's just brilliant, and his understanding of the role as well is absolutely fantastic. He said De Niro and Pesci were the glitter, and he was the glue. Lovely. And that's exactly correct. (laughs) It's his voiceover for me. It's, It's just the voiceover performance that totally makes this film what it is. When they found Carbone in the meat truck, he was frozen so stiff it took them two days to thaw him out. It's just that level of, I don't know, commitment to the part, I think. That's really, really great. And another thing, as well, is that like kind of halfway through production, his mom came down with cancer and then died. Mm. And he went back and he came back shooting, I think, two days after the funeral yeah. and channeled the character to get over the grief of it and just really pushed it in. Mm. And I think it's most apparent in the, in the pistol whipping scene when Ugh. you see him walk over, and it's just Michael Ballas said that's the most violent scene he's ever shot mm. and would never do anything as violent since that. But, I mean, that kid should be dead. The amount of times he hits him, he should be dead. And the the last words he says...
1: I swear my fucking mother, if you touch her again, you're dead!
2: It's absolutely massive, and you can tell he's channeling it. And when he turns around and he's walking back, that look on his face... He's not acting there, like, not at all. He fucking terrifies me when he's walking back. He looks like a bull looking at a red rag. Fucking, yes. And it's just, it's a wonderful performance. The the Liotta performance threw the roof for me. He's never been better.
0: He smashes the guy's nose to shit. The sound of the gun is just brutal.
2: Yeah. And then he's like, hide this.
1: I got to admit the truth. It turned me on
2: that's really that's really sexy <laughs> hide this i i tried it and the <laughs> girls said it that's a bit too violent for me close it the didn't door. work <laughs> yeah it didn't work
0: <laughs> hide this no <laughs> not just the acting but his narration's really good too you bust to join out you light a match. I know that Leona said that he did that by talking his narration to another person in the room to make it sound more natural, right. which clearly worked. He was far from eschewing for the part, though, and some other big names were considered for the part of Henry.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know any of those names?
1: Tom Cruise, one of them.
0: Tom Cruise was discussed, I would mm-hmm. guess, on the back of the colour of money, where he's yeah. very good. Yeah. yeah. Also, apparently, Sean Penn was considered. Yeah, Sean I, Penn, I wrote yeah, that. Yeah, he, I can say that. Alec Baldwin was considered.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: John Travolta was considered. And whatever you think of Henry Hill, just be thankful that Nicolas Cage didn't get the part.
2: (laughs) I couldn't think of a more horrible job if I wanted to. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean... (laughs) I would, have, I would have loved him to have made two versions of this just so I could see that. <laughs> yeah. like, I don't want to lose this version, yeah. but I want to see the Nicolas Cage yeah. version.
0: And Val Kilmer was so eager to play Henry that he made a short film to convince Scorsese to cast him. The feds spent so much money to hook me. They had wiretaps, surveillance, helicopters.
1: It did take like, over a year, though, for the order to get that role because he, he'd sent the audition tape. But Scorsese just immediately wasn't sure about him, so he hadn't bothered watching it. And then, of all places, Liotta bumped into him at the Venice Film Festival, but at the time, huh. Scorsese was getting a lot of death threats because this is when he'd released Last Temptation of Christ, oh, which yeah. was obviously oh, very yeah. controversial back then. This is betraying the biblical Jesus, the historical Christ of the Scriptures. So he's surrounded by bodyguards who wouldn't let Scott, who wouldn't let Liotta anywhere near him. In Liotta's words, well, they just looked like they were going to kick the shit out of me, so he didn't get near him. But actually, that worked in his favour because Scorsese was watching this and he was impressed how calm Liotta stayed because that's what he wanted for Henry because Henry is the peacemaker in the film. He's the one who does stay calm. Yeah. So that's what convinced Scorsese to watch the audition tape, which he did like, but he still needed to convince Erwin um, Winkler, the producer. But then weirdly, right. Winkler and Liotta just happened to bump into each other, at the rest restaurant in LA. They just got in a conversation and that convinced Winkler, who then called Scorsese and said, yeah, see what you mean, let's get him in, he's Henry
2: nice mm. nice funny I've been to LA. I didn't put me into fucking anybody <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah Leona's talking everyone there chasing people yeah. down the yeah, street he is. Like... really <laughs> persistent Pebble <I> yeah <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: And once Liotta was cast, he did some prep for the role. He listened to interviews between Nicholas Pelleggi and the real Henry Hill as he was driving to the set. Mm. And he wanted to meet him really badly so he could just kind of get some essence to the character. But it was the first time that Scorsese was directing him and just said, I would rather you didn't. I want you to make this character your own, which I believe he absolutely did Didn't want him to be influenced by Hill at all, which is great. Yeah,
0: Liotta said that in those interviews, the real Henry Hill would be talking about murders and robberies while scoffing fast food.
1: Henry, for some reason, he just ate potato chips the whole time. Yeah, yeah, I've read that,
2: yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Just casual
0: murder. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> so we like really old as Henry Hill, then? His oh. career-defining role, surely. Yeah, love definitely. It. Love him
1: as Henry yeah. Hill. <laughs> and Matt, who are you going to talk about in the cast? I'm going to go for De Niro as uh, Jimmy Conway, Who, and actually in real life he's called Jimmy Burke. But had to change his name for legal reasons, mm-hmm. and they chose Conway because that was his mother's maiden name. I think it's um, a very confident, very relaxed, very self-assured performance from De Niro here, and obviously he did an insane amount of preparation for it. We'll get into that in a bit. But in a way, I feel like you don't see that on screen. You just see De Niro having Somewhere fun and enjoying himself. <laughs> Like you don't have the intensity of taxi drive, you don't have the, the physical transformation of Rage and Ball. And that's not a criticism, it's just this is a different kind of De Niro performance. It's one where it's almost easy and I think it's testament to how good he is as an actor. I'm not sure if I would have this as top five De Niro, but I think that's because he makes it look easy. Yeah. He's so good. I can overlook the fact that he's about twenty years too old for the role. He couldn't have been more than twenty eight or twenty nine at the time, but he was already a legend. Yeah, because because I, yeah. I just see Jimmy the Gent having a wonderful time, master of his own world. You know, getting the drinks in, splashing the cast. You know, he's like Del Boy. You know, you go you have one as well. There's a tip for you, and anyway, keep the drinks coming. <laughs> you know, phone through the bar, phone oh, so cool. through the bar. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's a delirium <delayed> scene. Clear, <laughs> cool, Tommy.
2: Real yeah, cool, yeah. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Go and get your fucking shine, bud. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like,
1: he's like the life and soul of the party. Great guy to be around, but he is still essentially like a shark in a suit. But ultimately, after yeah. the heist goes down and goes well, and Corboni and the others are spending big and showing off the car and the mink court. Take it off, take it off. Like that changed from a guy who's a great laugh to be around to someone you don't want to mess with in an instant is very scary. So, yeah. yeah, brilliant, obviously. But did you know who it was originally offered to? Who? Pacino, of all people, but he turned it down. Oh, Pacino, yeah. no, And
2: then well, he did fucking Dick Tracy, didn't yeah, he, yeah. the same year? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Big, big boy Caprice.
2: Run, 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 run,
1: run, run! No! 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 Big boy <laughs> Caprice, yeah. Ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah, there were some other names up for the part as well. William Peterson could have been. William Peterson,
2: yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I read that. John Malkovich apparently turned the role down, okay. which is a terrible career choice. Yeah, it would have been good as well.
2: Yeah. I think and De Niro's method always has been always will be I think apart from like Rookie and Bullwinkle but we'll we'll get into that later Um, he's a method that's no different on this I mean when he had the money in when uh, Henry's a kid and he's walking around and he's impressing everyone he's giving everybody 20s and keeping the ice cubes cold He was kind of like this money doesn't feel real it's fake money he's like it's not real so the production the prop master I think it was at the time gave De Niro 5 grand of his own money to pass out and every member of the crew, or the in, in on the set, had to give the money back, make sure it was counted before they left the set. That like, was that adamant about it doesn't feel right. It needs to feel right. But yeah. You can tell it's yeah. great.
0: Five grand. How much are these prop Mossers getting paid? <laughs> 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 probably everything he's got. His savings.
2: <laughs> I need it back. <laughs> and also for the dinner scene at Tommy's mother's, mm. which I've already discussed, one of my favourite bits is he'd ring up the real Henry Hill. To find out how he would apply his ketchup. (laughs) And he would call him seven to eight times a day for different things like that. How do you hold a cigarette? How did Jimmy comb his hair? How did you do this? How did he do that? And he's just like Henry Hill's like, Jesus Christ. How did Jimmy hold a cigarette? How yeah? I thought he was a fucking nut job. Does it need that level of attention?
0: Of course it does. That's yeah. how good he is. That's why he puts the ketchup on while doing that, rolling it. Yeah. Right.
2: Have you tried that? It's yeah. a fucking mess. <laughs> 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 Shit. I've tried it once. It was just, oh, that's inedible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Danny Rowe, the method man as always, and excellent, is Jimmy? Yes. Oh, very, unbelievable.
1: Very, very good. Yeah. It's top five for me, Matt, honestly. Oh, okay, it has to right. be. Yeah. Rocky and Bullwinkle for me, obviously. <laughs> well I'm not
2: talking about number ones, we're talking about top five.
1: <laughs>
2: you might know who we are, but we know who you are. Understand?
0: For my cast member, I'm going to talk about Joe Pesci as Tommy DeVito. Oh. The All right. angriest man ever in films. Yeah.
1: You you fucking piece of shit!
0: Until Casino yeah. where he's even angry. Yeah. Also based on a real-life mobster called Tommy Simeone, mm. the real Tommy was actually about six foot three and in his twenties, whereas Pesci was five foot three and in his forties. But right. Henry Hill said that in terms of the character, Pesci's portrayal was about 95% accurate to the real guy, Christ. which is a wow. terrifying thought.
1: Fucking homicidal fucking
2: maniac! Imagine a someone who's massive, six foot three, with this attitude.
0: <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell! Stay away from them. No. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: they changed his surname to DeVito for legal reasons and Tommy DeVito was actually the guitarist in the four seasons which were Pesci and you yeah so not named after Danny DeVito unfortunately (laughs) (laughs) just uh, because he was smaller yeah you sent out all the signals (laughs) (laughs) but Pesci though I wouldn't go so far as saying he steals the film but I think he certainly steals more scenes than anybody else does I'm trying to bang this
2: fucking bro, you want to help me out yeah
0: yeah i mean it's not exactly a complex character he's a total psychopath and always either on the verge of kicking off or actually kicking off but <laughs> yeah. what makes him a good character i think is that they also make him funny and skating yes. that line between violent thug and comic relief is no mean feat but pesci pulls it off what
1: the fuck you doing it's a joke a joke put the fucking pot down here Take the
0: i'm not sure there's anybody else out there or many out there that could have done it mm-hmm. to that level i think he's yeah. fantastic yeah it's amazing. not at the time no yeah
2: they would, they would have tipped him one way or the other. I think he'd be, he's right in the middle. Yeah. He's absolutely brilliant.
1: The thing is what Johnny said there, like he was too old in real life for how old Tommy was. So, And so because that's says he'd actually originally offered him the part of Paulie, but Pesci was just so insistent right. on being Tommy and he wore loads of makeup to convince him. Right. And mm-hmm. somehow that worked, even though he yeah. definitely
0: does not look 20 years old. I was going to say, convince no, me. I, I do
1: <laughs>
0: Yeah, but I don't
2: think it's that bad. I think <laughs> like... He does look younger. It's not Grease. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it does work. Yeah, it does work. Of course it works. Of course yeah. it works.
2: And obviously Pesci won Best Actor at the Oscars for his performance as Tommy, which is fantastic.
1: Joe Pesci in Goodfellow.
2: He didn't think he was going to win at all, so he prepared nothing. <laughs> and this is the sixth shortest speech in Oscar history where he just said...
1: Oh, it's my privilege, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> and then left the stage, which I think
2: is fantastic.
0: Yeah. For anyone that's interested, the shortest speech is by Patty Duke, who won Best Supporting Actress for The Miracle Worker.
1: Thank
0: you. There's a hell of an opportunity here for someone to just say thanks. Thanks. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm about right. (laughs) Cheers. (laughs) Top. (laughs) (laughs) And then just nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing. And then in 1998, Joe Pesci milked every last drop out of Goodfellas and released a song called Wise Guy, in which he, he seriously <laughs> raps about being a wise guy. Yeah. <laughs> Have you heard it? Yeah. No. <laughs> well. Brilliant. For you then, Matt. Yeah, <coughs> it is. my mother didn't like me, I never gave a fuck.
1: Her brother didn't like me, I hit him with a truck. Her sister was <laughs> a little everybody
2: got a ride. <laughs> he turned out to be a DS, so I had to chop the hoof.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I went to be moms. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, rhyme that. They should have played that over the end credits of The Irishman. <laughs> hey. Yeah.
1: Paid with the stash. Treat all my bronze like trash.
0: You'll catch a blast if you move to. Tom. That's the wise guys, but we should also mention Lorraine Bracco, who plays Henry's long-suffering wife, Karen Hill. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: She was nominated for an Oscar for the film, Lorraine Bracco. Mm. Is she good as Karen? Yeah. Y- yes, I think she's great. Um, because, I mean, let's be honest, like, without her, the film would just be a big sausage fest. It would just be all about the guys. And, yeah. <laughs> I know she was really yeah. stressed about that because she thought if she didn't make the absolute most of the role... Karen was likely to end up on the cutting room floor above everything else. So I think it's tribute to her that that didn't happen. And I, I love her in this. It's such a fierce performance. Like when she gives Henry what for in the street in front of his mates. It was Friday. It was this Friday. And you agreed. So you're a liar. That's amazing. That totally mm, demolishes him. Yeah. And then when she gives him what for in the prison as well. Yeah. Let
0: her do it. Let her do it. it. Yeah.
1: Great. Yeah. Brilliant. That's great. And, and when she has that paranoia that Jimmy is sending her down the alley to be whacked. I'll come. That's brilliant. (gasps) That owns that scene amazingly well. Great, great performance. And I mean, Bracco went a bit
2: method as well, same as De Niro did, and she demanded. That uh, real jewellery was used for Karen's outfit, and also, like, all real jewellery was used wherever you see it, really, just so Mm. she got a feel for the character. And she says, Go, Saisy, if you want me to portray a princess, treat me like one, which is great. I just love the way she does try all the way through. She tries her best to just be the best wife she can be, and then finds out all of these things that are pushing against her, but she's still going, You got a whore! You got a whore in the building!
1: (laughs) You are nothing but a whore!
0: It's fucking
2: (laughs) great. It's fucking brilliant. When you wake up and she's pointing the gun at him yeah. like that, it's oh, just yeah. fucking yeah. one of them takes like you pushed her off the bed, the gun left and hit Michael Ballhouse right in the face. She <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, said,
2: Can we do one more take of that? It's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah, she also did some improvising of her own, Lorraine Bracco. She said that she yeah. improvised this. Okay. She didn't tell really what she was going oh. to do it, so his reaction's oh, improvised yeah. as well.
1: Oh, all right. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Go to your ready-made horse, that's all you're good for!
0: There's an even bigger cast in Goodfellas too. Paul Sorvino was Paulie, yeah, Catherine Scorsese yep. as Tommy's mother, Frank Vincent as Billy Bats, and Michael Imperioli as Spider all have their moments, but mm-hmm. in those main four, excellent work, I think, from the cast. Excellent work,
2: yeah. Top of the line from all Shoo of them. Shoe hands. Easy.
0: And that's all for part two. You don't want to stop here, though. Join us again for the concluding part three, where we'll be talking about our highlights from the film and giving our final scores out of ten. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants yep. to miss that, surely. No, 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 oh, I'm saying no. Definitely not. Hello and welcome back for the final part of Goodfellas on the Cutting Room.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'm John and with me, Westy and Matt. Wow. You can get the previous parts here and now we're on to part three where we'll be talking about our individual highlights for the movie and then bringing it home by rating the film out of 10. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. So here we go with our highlights. With the narrative structure being what it is, Goodfellas is like one long string of highlights. Yeah. We've somehow managed to pick one each to talk about, though. Yeah. So, Westy, which are you going yeah. for? Uh-huh. Bing, bang, boom, <laughs> ping, pow. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: really,
2: really funny. <laughs> what do you mean I'm What do you think? My absolute favourite, man. I fucking love it. Go fuck your mother. It's... um. It's, I've mentioned improvisation in parts one and two and I'm going to mention the biggest improvised <laughs> yeah, scene in three. Yeah. This is improvised between Liotta and I don't Liotta didn't even know about it. Like It was just Pesci and you can sense the tension in this. It's so fucking good. It's palpable. It's two shots. It's a back and forth. It ramps it up. It ramps it up. It ramps it up and I think it's just Liotta knowing what to do and how to deliver that. He's like,
0: Get the fuck out of
2: here, Tommy. <laughs> I almost fucking had this guy. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. And you're just like, the audience, is like, oh, yeah. you're just so relieved at that point. It's just brilliant. I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorites. Bing, boom, <laughs> pow,
0: boom. <laughs> fucking yes. <Yeah>. The ad living <laughs> with the other wise guys is great. It's, it's- oh, Anthony. He's a big boy. He knows what he said. What'd you say? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only bit. <laughs> whoa, whoa, Anthony. Doesn't Anthony speak?
2: <laughs> hey, Tommy, oh, whoa, whoa, Anthony. <laughs> Probably not even called Anthony. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, because it is based as well on something that happened to Pesci in real life. He used to work at a restaurant in New York. And one day he said to an actual wise guy, hey, you're a funny guy, which apparently did not go down well. And then Pesci <laughs> told this to Scorsese one day to offset, just as a bit of chat between them. And he loved it and then integrated it into Tommy's introduction <laughs> in this scene. Yeah.
0: It is something that they added in for the film, but the part where Sonny comes to ask for his money... Yeah, seven seven fucking five, geez geez eight, eight, Tommy goes wild. That is based on reality, where Henry Hill said they'd run up huge tabs and then go crazy when they were asked about it. Right. Not sure you have to kick the ball on us in the pants, like Tommy no. does, though.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Pushes a table over Everything's hilarious. Yeah.
0: So, for my highlight, I'm going for the Billy Bats murder that takes place in Henry's bar. So... Billy Bat has been in prison, right? Hmm. He served his time and not ratted anybody out, like a good wise guy. He's a made man, and there's still only about five people turn up for his welcome home party. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Three, I think. I'd be <laughs> furious as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. There's not even five. <laughs> but the scene is absolute dynamite. Right. I yeah. mean, Billy's being a massive good. wind-up merchant. Oh, oh, come here! And the tension's almost unbearable because we know Tommy could go off at any minute, yeah. and the line yeah. that makes him blow. I'll go home and get your fucking shine box in a film full of absolute zingers that might be the best one <laughs> yeah <laughs> atlantis by donovan on the jukebox is great <laughs> the beating is horrific i've heard henry hill talk about this Tommy beat him so fucking hard that the pistol fall apart and score yes. says he replicates that in the film yeah. But as horrific and shocking as it is, Scorsese makes sure it never seems gratuitous with the quality of the filmmaking and the way it's all shot and put together. I mean, it's just excellent. I think once it's seen, you'll yeah. never forget it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love Frank Vincent in this scene. The thing is, oh, yeah. look, before he was cast as Bats, he'd met Scorsese and Winkler about the film, and he'd said, "Well, I want to play Paulie. And Scorsese said, "Well, what about Billy Bats, though? And Vincent replied, "Yeah, he's good." but I've got ideas for Paulie. And Scorsese just turned to England, yeah. clapped his hands together and went, we have our Billy Bats. Like, <laughs> well, how, does that, how does that conversation go? What? If I was Vincent, I'd be so confused. Like, what? Yeah. What, what has
0: happened? Yeah.
2: You can see Scorsese doing that as well. You? Yeah. you have a Billy bat. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, he only gets one scene, but what a mark he leaves, Frank Vincent. Yeah. He later said, wherever I go, anytime I go anywhere, they tell me to go home and get my shine box. Yeah, of course he do. <laughs> he gets to kill Tommy in Casino, though. That's true, yeah. He gets yeah. his revenge on it. Yeah, he
2: Yeah. hello, yeah. Tommy.
1: And Matt, what's your highlight from the film? Well, I'm kind of going full circle because it, it's what I meant when I said that Scorsese knows what he's doing from a moral standpoint because it's, it's Henry's last day. Mm when basically all, all his chickens come home to us, basically, because, right? you know, yeah. it was always going to end up like this, and Scott he's saying, yeah, it was all fun and games to start with, wasn't it? But this is how it ends up. This is mm-hmm. what will happen to anyone living this life silent. Up until now, like, the editing in this film has such, like, a lovely flow to it. It's got that, like, enticing, seductive feel to it. But now it's so jagged. It's hectic, frenetic, that, like, crash zoom into Henry's face when he's snorting the cork. But I love how, in amongst everything else, he's really stressed about that pasta sauce going over. Keep
0: an eye on the sauce, right? Your- really <laughs> really <laughs> <Yeah>. stressed <laughs> about getting my down, Keep stirring really. it, keep stirring yeah, it. Yeah, keep yeah. stirring it.
1: Keeps, you know, it's, it's like when we're trying to make Christmas dinner, like trying to get the timings right, really stressful. And I love all those timestamps you get throughout yeah, the sequence right. because you love know, it, the, fil- yeah. the film hasn't done those previously. So mm. it just yeah. throws you all over the place. It takes you out of that like previous rhythm with a real jolt. <laughs> And you know how impactful this scene is because of how much of a meme it's become like, any time a politician or famous person gets in trouble with the law, you go on social media and they'll be posting that image of Henry looking up through the windscreen at the helicopter. (laughs) That's the shorthand for someone's going to prison and they're trying to get away with it. That's how famous the scene is. Even
2: the funny guy's a great meme now as well, isn't it, when he's laughing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the music as well because it jumps from one song to another when Henry's in that car. So you've got... Memo from Turner by Jagger in there, one of his solo songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, Magic Bus by The Who. What is Life by George Houser, which I love, that's amazing. And then Managed yeah. by yeah. by Muddy Waters. Yeah. In Scorsese, he said he wanted it all chopped up, like the music to portray, like that fragmented, haphazard mind of somebody who was paranoid and off the head. Yeah. I mean, yeah. by this point, Henry's life is all over the
0: place. He's a sweaty, anxious mess, and <laughs> yeah. a drug addict. Stop with those fucking drugs. They're making your mind into mush. You hear me? Take them back. Another great scene at this point is in the restaurant where Henry thinks Jimmy's going to whack him. Mm-hmm. Scorsese gets that sure. dolly zoom shot yeah. in there where Henry yeah. and Jimmy don't yeah. move in the frame, but yeah. the background yeah. seems to get closer, symbolising yeah. Henry's paranoia. Awesome. That's just outstanding stuff. Yeah. That.
2: It is outstanding. Yeah. And you don't even know no, until yeah. you know. Yeah. It's not obvious. It's not like Joe's. No, it's not oh, know. Like it- it's not like Vertigo, yeah. it's, just, it's like so subtle yeah. and genius. Yeah. He's not showing off, he's just showing off to himself. Yeah. And he just sits by himself, that's why he wasn't bothered about the audience, liking the film. He's like, <laughs> I don't give a fuck, yeah. I've made this, yeah. I can watch this for the rest of my life. Yeah, and I'll be yeah. happy, I'm exactly the same, yeah. it's amazing.
0: Yeah. I must have watched this film a good ten times before someone told me about that, and it yeah. blew me away. Mm. Same, yeah. In the scene at the end when Henry and Karen
2: meet the witness protection officer, he's called oh, Edward I I MacDonald. And he's the real guy that worked with Henry Hill. So he's basically reenacting scenes he'd played out with Henry like 10 years earlier. Mm. And the real Henry was kicked out the witness protection for breaking the rules too many times. Obviously (laughs) smuggling drugs and doing whatever else. But I think you can tell that. South
1: County doesn't care about it. And frankly, I don't care whether you're going on. Really harsh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 (laughs) Straight down the line, yeah. Yeah,
0: Yeah, it is cool. And you can find footage where Edward MacDonald is talking about why Henry failed the witness protection program.
1: Henry's a weak person. Um, he wasn't able to uh, to discipline himself and to uh, to change his life don't use the phone go fuck yourself <laughs> <laughs>
0: some boy <laughs> so a lot of scenes that could have been our highlights in Goodfellas I think we made three solid choices though Yes, yeah, there's so much more though yeah. there's so much more yeah. Westy well, this was your pick so you first please some marine Squaw of 10 for Goodfellas.
2: Yeah, like, like you said, I nearly me colours to the mask quite early. I think the way I've talked about it, so effervescently throughout the three parts is quite evident. <laughs> um, you know, if you haven't seen this film, you shouldn't really be watching this anyway. But no. if you have, you're going to love it as much as I do or as much as we do, because it's impossible to dislike. Mm. It's, for me, an absolute masterpiece. I love it. So for me, it's a bing, bang, boom, (laughs) pang, go and fuck your mother, it's a (laughs) ten.
0: Lovely, massive. (laughs) Yeah, a film I loved when I was a teenager the first time I saw it and still love now. Funny and horrifically violent in equal parts, the filmmaking is exceptional. The performances are career-defining for probably every cast member except Nero, And as a book adaptation, it's a great example of one. It's in the subject matter where it really excels for me. Or rather how Scorsese pulls us into the subject matter and puts us in that gangland world of exuberance, murder and, like, non-stop anxiety. Mm. Whenever I watch Goodfellas, I feel like I've been sucked into the screen. I feel like I know what it would be like to be a gangster in 1960s New York. Obviously, I don't, but it feels like I do. And that's Scorsese. You kind of keep it to yourself, don't you? And you go for a walk, (laughs) like, to the supermarket and you're like, yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah. It is Scorsese to the film. One of his very best films, so it has to be also 10 out of 10.
2: Beautiful. Mm-hmm.
0: And Matt, your summary and score for Goodfellas, please? Yeah,
1: I like mean... 10 out of 10, you're going to fucking pizza up and head
2: for
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I'm going to keep it short, was you guys have said it all. Look, everyone yeah. knows how good Goodfellas yeah. is. If you've somehow not seen it, but you've still watched this, it, bit weird, but go watch it, you're in for a treat. Is it Scorsese's best? I mean, it, it's impossible to say with some of the competition that he's done. But True. this film has not aged today, so it always has been, and I suspect it always will be, a big old 10 out of 10. Lovely. Of
0: course. So overall, that is good fellas with a score of 30 out of 30. Fuck you, pay me. Of course. <laughs> 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 and we've made it. Made men. Mm -hmm. If you like this episode and what we do generally, please support us on Patreon. Becoming an ATRM patron will get you access to benefits such as bonus episodes of The Cutting Room and also access to our archive of podcasts, over 200 hours in total. The podcasts are also available on our website, all the classics, so please head over there to have a look. Mainly though, becoming a patron will enable us to carry on making videos and make more of them. Mm -hmm. We are at the end, however, and we're all going to go home and get our shine boxes. Of course we are. Yeah. So <laughs> kick off about it.
2: You motherfucker! You.
0: <laughs> so until next time, it's goodbye.
1: It is. Salud. Goodbye, goodbye.
0: Done, yeah. done. Enjoyed it. Lovely. Should be a funny one, that. Mm-hmm. Funny. Funny how.
1: <laughs> okay, wise guy. Very good. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. Rusty, what are you doing over there?
2: I'm, I'm sorting out the tea. I'll be two minutes. I'm just getting some stuff together
1: here. Oh, yeah, tea. All right. I'll leave you to it.
2: I'm not having a conversation, like.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go uh, get the papers, get the papers.
2: Always leaving us, get the papers, get the papers. Westy classic coming up here. i from rings to riches. Right, that's that done. Garlic a la Rags to riches. What's next? Butternut squash, ready cut. Butternut squash, ready cut. Oh, for fuck's sake! From rings to riches. Ah.